The Athletic. Good morning. Welcome to the Daily Football Briefing from The Athletic. It's Monday the 4th of December. I'm Tim Spears and on today's show... Man City drop points again in a classic with Spurs. They're still so devastated in attack. They don't give up many chances, but when they do give them up, they concede them. Liverpool edge Fulham in a thriller. And Joe Felix downs his parent club with a winner for Barcelona. There's a chance here for Joe Felix to score. Joe Felix has done exactly what he wanted to do. This is the Daily Football Briefing with Tim Spears. All the big results and stories from the Premier League and across Europe are coming your way in today's show, but we have to start with a wild encounter at the Etihad. Q goal montage. Sun leading the charge, and he's got in around the back of Doku. This is Sun Young Man, and Tottenham score with their very first attack. Over his Holland contact, but it was deflected in. This is Alvarez. Foden, they're going to run it in. Won by Son. Giovanni Lo Celso. Smashing goal. An immaculate hit. Holland's on it. And Grealish scores. He feasts on his moment. Kulisevsky. It's another equaliser. 20 seconds to go of normal time. The belief of this Tottenham team is to be admired. A humdinger in Manchester saw City drop points for the third game in a row and slip to third in the table, with Dejan Kulisevsky's late equaliser earning enterprising Spurs a point and ending a run of three straight defeats for Ange Postacoglu's team. Spurs had taken a very early lead through Song Heung-min before the same player scored into his own net. Phil Foden, Giovanni Lo Celso and Jack Grealish exchanged goals before Kulisevsky's 90th minute header and then City were left enraged in stoppage time when play was pulled back by referee Simon Hooper despite Jack Grealish being through on goal. Pep Guardiola refused to comment on that, saying he wouldn't do an Arteta. Cheeky. But our Manchester City writer Sam Lee thankfully isn't short of a word or two. Here's his verdict. Because the mistake by the referee at the end was so bad... The emotions from that kind of take away the legitimate emotions they should have towards the City performance and towards that shocking mistake. It was a mistake. But yeah, that's kind of a distraction from the fact that, look, they're still so devastated in attack, but they're missing chances and they don't give up many chances. But when they do give them up, they concede them. So the bigger problems for City is that the fact that they are so difficult to play against and yet so easy to play against at moments. And at the moment, it's really undermining what they're doing. Spurs were without 10 players through injury and suspension, but still kept up a fantastic recent record against City. Spurs writer Charlie Eccleshare believes they fully merited a point. What a game. The first half looked like at times like City might blow Spurs away. Did have some chances at the woodwork a couple of times. The second half, I thought Spurs came back into it. Um, you know, kept playing their way. They had a threat all game and it just felt like, you know, could they make that final pass? A few times they were one pass away. In the second half, they did that better. And they can be so pleased with that. And so went to the game without missing 10 players. I think everyone thought it was a question of how many City were going to put past them. A really, really good result. And I think a good performance as well. Like They had to ride their luck. But for, for the work they put in and for the way they approached it. Thanks, Charlie. And you can hear more of Charlie and the Spurs gang's thoughts in the View from the Lane podcast out later today. There was another incredible match in the Premier League on Sunday with Liverpool and Fulham serving up another thriller at Anfield. 
Liverpool kept their perfect home record this season just about intact with a dramatic late comeback. They were 3-2 down with 87 minutes on the clock but somehow won 4-3, partly thanks to some incredible long-range goals. Here's Liverpool correspondent James Pearce to talk us through it. What a dramatic finale at Anfield. Trent Alexander-Arnold slamming home an 88th minute winner in front of the cop to spark wild scenes of joy amongst the home supporters. Anfield has been a fortress for Liverpool so far this season, but it looked like it may well be stormed when De Cordova-Reed headed Fulham into a 3-2 lead with just 10 minutes left on the clock. Liverpool hadn't been particularly convincing. It was a game full of spectacular moments. Alexis McAllister, what a way for him to get off the mark as a Liverpool player. A stunner from 25 yards into the top corner. But again, Fulham rallied. Tete taking advantage of some Pretty dismal defending. When they went 3-2 down, you thought, wow, this, this could be a real punishing setback for them in terms of their title ambitions. But they certainly showed the mentality of a team that's capable of fighting all the way for the big prize with the way that they dug deep with Taro Endo coming off the bench to equalise from the edge of the box with another beautiful strike. And then Trent Alexander-Arnold taking centre stage, the local boy, the hero once again. Elsewhere on Sunday in the Moises Caicedo, Mark Kukurea, Levi Colwell Derby, etc, etc, Chelsea beat Brighton 3-2 at Stamford Bridge. Colwell scored his first ever Chelsea goal and Enzo Fernandez netted twice his first goals in the Premier League as the Blues held off a late Brighton rally despite playing the second half with 10 men after Colin Gallagher's red card. Also on Sunday, Aston Villa dropped points at Bournemouth, drawing 2-2 but they remained fourth while West Ham and Crystal Palace drew one apiece. In terms of the top end of the league table, this weekend's big winners were Newcastle, whose 1-0 win over Manchester United saw them leapfrog Eric Tenhaar's team into sixth, and Arsenal, who beat Wolves 2-1 and are two points clear of Liverpool at the top. You're listening to the Daily Football Briefing from The Athletic. Top of the league in Spain are Real Madrid, who beat Granada 2-0 on Saturday. Jude Bellingham didn't score, but Brahim Diaz and Rodrigo did in what was a comfortable victory. Hirona's remarkable season continues. They remain second on the same number of points as Real after a 2-1 victory at home to Valencia. And in the big game of the weekend in La Liga, Barcelona is at Atletico Madrid 1-0. Jao Felix, on loan from Barca from Atletico this season, scored the winner against his parent club. That keeps Barca four points off the pace in third. Our Spanish football correspondent Dermot Corrigan says it was a crucial victory. They had to really win to stay in the title race. They played really, really well in the first half. The midfield three were, were excellent. Uh, Gundogan, Pedri and De Jong. Jeff Felix scored a really good goal. Adego came here kind of trying to show their own title credentials and didn't really play at all for the first hour of the game. Then they started going to it and could really ha- have equalised at the end. You know, great save from Barca keeper and Yaki Pena, who, who's just in for the game. Fans here getting very nervous, shouting at the ref, everything. But there's a big cheer at full time because Barca knew that they needed a win. They haven't been playing that well recently. They got the win that they needed against Porto midweek in the Champions League. It's another big win for them to keep them in the title race. And yeah, Barca fans, you know, wasn't a complete performance at all, um, but they got the three points, which they would be happy enough with. Over in Germany, leaders Bayer Leverkusen missed the chance to take advantage of Bayern Munich's match against Union Berlin being postponed due to snow as they could only draw one all at home to Dortmund. Xabi Alonso's Leverkusen are three points ahead of Bayern who now have a game in hand. And in Italy, leaders Inter Milan won 3-0 away at beleaguered Napoli. Indoors, Marcus Sarab, and there is the third and seemingly 
decisive goal in this match. Marcus Turam has done it again. Marcus Turam scored the third in what was a comprehensive win as reigning champions Napoli dropped to fifth in the table. Here's our Italian football expert James Horncastle to fill us in. What a statement by Inter, their biggest win in Naples since 1977. Inter have never found easy uh, playing in the shadow of the Vesuvius. To go to the champions of Italy and play a complete game was really impressive, um, really from top to tail. Jan Sommer, the guy who came in to replace Andre Onana, kept his 11th clean sheet of the season in all competitions. He made the first decisive intervention in the game, this big save on Elif Elmas, and then made another one later on against Cavaratskelia. Inter, you know, they, they had to adjust because uh, they've already got players out injured, particularly in defence, like Alessandro Bastoni and Benjamin Pavard. Then uh, Stefan de Vrij went off after 18 minutes after clashing with Victor Oziman. Oziman, who was starting for Napoli for the first time in almost two months. Inzaghi had to rearrange his defence uh, around that. And then, you know, Inter's midfield, which is, you know, quite magical, uh, opened the scoring. Hakan Chalinolu did what he does, which is score from long range. It was his first goal from open play this season. There were some moments of controversy in this game as well. There was a foul, Napoli believe, in the build-up to that, which, which wasn't called. And then in the second half, uh, Nicolo Barella also got his first goal of the season. It was Inter's midfield that came to the fore and then Marcus Turam, the best signing in Serie A this season. Napoli upset afterwards. Walter Mazzali, the coach, didn't speak. The sporting director did to complain about some of the refereeing decisions. But Inter just once again underlined as they went back to the top of the table that they are the most complete team in Italy. Inter's quest for a second star, which would commemorate uh, 20 league titles, is still very much on course. Right, that's all for today's briefing. Thank you for listening. I've been Tim Spears. Your producer was Mike Zimmerman and executive producer was Ian McIntosh. Michael Bailey will be with you tomorrow. In the meantime, have a great start to your week. The Athletic.